loves Jesus in America too. She's a good girl. She's crazy about elves. Loves horses and her boyfriend too. It's a long day living in Reseda. There's a freeway running through the yard, and I'm a bad boy 'cause I don't even miss her. I'm a bad boy for breaking her heart. Well, uh, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim DeWire. And obviously, uh, you know, another mass shooting that I'm sure nothing will come of uh, changes in our system. The Second Amendment and all of the other gibberish connected with uh, this tragedy, this this phenomenon in America of murder-suicides. Sounds like this guy was a little uh, off his rocker a bit, but not uh, noticeably, but facts are still emerging. Seven aliases. Apparently might have had a gambling problem. <laughs> Yeah, he'd been in that hotel since uh, through much of September, apparently, uh, for some weeks, uh, stockpiling guns. Yeah, used uh, seven aliases to pro maybe even get some of the guns. Who knows? They've uh, Authorities have just uh, recently completed a search of his home. They found, obviously, more weapons there. We'll probably find out more as that material is analyzed and uh, examined. But, uh, you know, as long as... Uh, Congress enthralled to the NRA, uh, falsely called the National Rifle Association. It's really the National Rifle Manufacturers Association. Um, as long as the rights of the uh, mentally ill to possess uh, multiple firearms is honored by that bizarre grouping of the NRA and Congress, everybody else's right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness takes a second seat. And, of course, Donald Trump is obsessed with size. That was a really huge storm. That's what he said after Hur Hurricane Harvey. 
we know about his insecurity regarding his hands and his use of diminutive critiques of various uh, political opponents. Uh, for once in his life, he was pretty somber, but let's admit and face some facts. We don't know even a lot of facts from the, or uh, the Orlando shooting. We don't know a lot of facts from the San Bernardino shooting. We know that Donald Trump tried to exploit both of those for political purposes. We do know that in all cases, assault-style weapons were used. Not yeah. hunting weapons, not sportsmen's weapons, military-style assault weapons. And all these people were born in the USA, uh, despite some connections to uh, Islamic countries uh, through their parentage, their, the parents' mm -hmm. We're, we're uh, from uh, Pakistan in one case and Afghanistan in another. Uh, of course, uh, the United States was allowing those refugee programs and, uh, well, educated people into the United States as part of the quota system. It's uh, not terribly likely that anything will come of this tragedy. But I do want to point out one really annoying contradiction. We're getting a lot of praise for the first responders, and they deserve it. But it's the first responders that are asking that these weapons be taken off the streets. Indeed. So when is America going to respond to the first responders? That is what is continues to be insane. And apparently there's a legislation coming before Congress in the near future. It's future now is even a bigger question. Allowing the, the manufacture and purchase of silencers for machine guns. Oh, wonderful. Which, in the context of this event, the body count would have been much higher. It was hard enough for people on the location to figure out where the shots were coming from, given the echoic nature sure. of the outdoor plaza. But once that had been identified, uh, first responders and people with military backgrounds could help guide people out in the safe direction. Uh, if Congress allows silencers for these weapons, I guess hands up, everybody. Uh <laughs> Well, silencers in this whole ethos that's been going on this year where in some states they're openly debating whether or not you should be allowed to carry guns into college classrooms to football games. I mean, you know, some of this stuff is wacko, to say the least. And these weapons have no place in a civilized society. But then America isn't civilized. And... In, in, in so many ways. And the hypocrisy of continuing to ignore the first responders and what they're telling America and the NRA is, is what is really bizarre. I mean, we didn't have any response after, what was it, 20 children who were five and six years old were gunned down in a school? with eight teachers? Instead, we get the argument being made that teachers should carry guns. Ridiculous. Uh, and we've already seen uh, in numerous instances of 
other quote unquote mass shootings where people have not been able to fire their gun properly in response to a, a maniac. It's harder than you think. There is a reason that we have basic training for military personnel and for first responders. Law enforcement authorities. <laughs> for law enforcement authorities. This is not easy work. And, uh, you know, we live in a, in a, in a society, we we've have ample historical evidence that the NRA has distorted how the Second Amendment was interpreted uh, in the 19th century. Uh, we had extensive gun control laws in the United States of America, but it was that 50s, 60s cowboys and Indians mentality where a lot of Americans seem to think that we won how the West was won. <laughs> Guns. Shoot out at the OK Corral. You know, the mythology of the Western. Uh, and there are some good Westerns. Don't get me wrong. But you can make a good Western without a lot of sh shooting. Well, this ain't the Wild West anymore, I think, <laughs> is also something that does it really need to be emphasized. I mean, a lot of the... I mean, I've got friends who are hunters. There's no problem with guns, responsibly used, correctly stored. Uh, but I think the facts are in that the American people, in survey after survey, are against these kinds of weapons being so readily available, military-style, yeah. machine guns. There's no logical rationale. Uh, even a uh, well-regulated militia... Um, doesn't just hand out machine guns. Well, and the fact of the matter is, is that some of the reasonable gun control laws are simply waiting periods, waiting day periods. If we're going to pass laws that require women in the state of Texas and Louisiana to watch graphic videos about abortion and say, well, you can't get an abortion for 24 hours, but you have to watch this video as well. Well, let's show some gun videos then. Let's let's I mean, let's show the carnage. I think that was the word that Donald Trump used, unfortunately. At yeah, the there's your American carnage. State of the Union. Suicides, accidental shootings, mass shootings and American carnage. Let's remember that more Americans have died from gun violence since the end of the Vietnam War than all the wars in American history combined. Those are the facts. And, uh, you know, this continuing obliviousness to reality is what is troubling. We Look, we had mass shootings in Australia and in Scotland uh, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever. Um, and those societies immediately did something. And the violence went way down. And that we have ample evidence that actually gun control laws do reduce uh, homicides and uh, some related crime uh, connected with the possession of guns. Um, so I don't know if this is going to make uh, a difference, but I kind of doubt it. And that's sad. We need some courageous members of the GOP. Hey, how about uh, Scalise? He just came back from exactly. having been shot. 
Uh, at a baseball field. Uh, right. And we've had sh- church shootings. We even had one a week ago that got, got fell under the radar because America was in a big uh, hissy fit about the national anthem and how our football uh, teams responding. Are they standing? Are they locking arms? Are they kneeling? Are they coming out for the national anthem? I mean, this whole scenario, and then we have Donald Trump talking about the flag again all week. Mm. Unbelievable. Bragging about his uh, response in Puerto Rico, uh, which he's going to get a a dose of reality tomorrow uh, as he's going down there. And I mean to suggest for one minute that uh, the Democrats were behind the mayor of San Juan cr- criticizing and begging, pleading for for more action. And there's been action. I mean, don't get me wrong. This isn't this is nothing compared to the obliviousness of George W. Bush. But Donald Trump repeatedly patting himself on the back is strange to say the least. Puerto Rico, you know, a quarter of the island took a direct hit of a hurricane five you know category five and i think that it's by the way somewhat irresponsible for even the weather people to claim oh well it's been downgraded to a four look it's still a pounding that's 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 gonna be uh the debate between whether the bullet hits you between the eyes at uh a thousand miles per per hour or 998 miles (laughs) it's it's kind of silly. Uh, the flooding and the problems from a, from a really powerful hurricanes, are, are it's going to be devastating. And it is devastating. And when the mayor of uh, San Juan is simply saying, look, we have people dying. We don't have water <laughs> in many of these places. And then for Trump to make a ridiculous comment. Ingrates. Ingrates and these people, quote unquote, that was the phrase he used. They want the, everything done for themselves, for them. It's like, no, <laughs> this is well. It's this been, is survival. It's been pointed out that uh, everybody knew this storm was approaching. Everybody knew the path that it was likely to take. Uh, there were zero steps uh, taken in advance of, hey, we're going to have an emergency situation. We've got to get everything ready to go. Sure. So that when the weather, you know, cools, we can go. And we're ready to go. And guess what? We have a military base that's not actually that far away. It's called Guantanamo. And here's the the all-time dumb quote of the week, at least. I don't know what room he was talking in. I don't know who he was talking to, but I saw this clip on the television in which the president of the United States, in defense of the slow response, said this about Puerto Rico. Quote, it's an island. Surrounded by water, big water. <laughs> that's so, his favorite. So that's. Concept. Do you understand why it's hard for us to get there? I'm talking about the ocean, man. No duh. Where, where was somebody in that room to stand up and say, "What kind of a freaking moron are you?" Big water. It's an island yeah. surrounded by water. Well, that's what an that's, island is. That's either a child or someone who's had a stroke talking. Everybody knows what an island is, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's you fly planes to them. Right. 
You parachute things onto them. You take boats to them. Well, and Trump's favorite TV show was Fantasy Island. Yeah. I mean. (laughs) Well, when you're comfortably ensconced uh, watching the golf tournament, uh, it all just sort of blurs into a haze of green. Well, and, and the thing, too, I mean, just for the record, it's completely irresponsible for tax cuts to be proposed given the severity of uh, the Harvey disaster. One, two, three in a row. The Irma disaster and uh, Maria. I mean, what what planet is is Washington operating on? We're talking about probably $250 billion of needed resources here. Um, and yet we have tax cuts being proposed. Uh, and as for the success of uh, <clears throat> trickle-down economics... You know, it's interesting to note that uh, a couple of months ago, Sam Brownback, the uh, Kansas governor, Kansas governor, we're not in Kansas anymore, Sam. Uh, Neither's Kansas. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he he resigned. Uh, He resigned to accept a uh, ambassador at large position for Trump. And you will recall that Brownback ran for president perhaps back in... uh, 2008, or was it 2000? One of those years. I think it was 2008. He was the fanatic on abortion. Anyway, he decided to leave the Senate and become the governor of Kansas. And his... uh, Where he ran the budget into the ground. And that's what this is. In other words, from, from the 9th of June. The Republican legislature... And much of Kansas has finally turned on Governor Sam Brownback and his disastrous five-year experiment to prove the Republicans' trickle-down fantasy can work in real life. That, quote, huge tax cuts magically result in economic growth and more, not less revenue. Kansas has painfully found otherwise. State revenues dwindled along with job growth. Budget deficits ballooned. Education funding plummeted, and the state suffered multiple credit downgrades as Mr. Brownback played the mad doctor of supply-side economics. This from an editorial in the New York Times on the 9th of uh, June. Brownback, by the way, resigned as the governor of Kansas about a week later (laughs) Uh, because basically what happened was the state legislature passed a two-year $1.2 billion tax increase over the week to uh, repair the damage, and to make it stick, they, quote, overrode a veto by Mr. Brownback, who remains a blithe champion of supply-side shell games, as do many other Republicans, despite the failure of what the governor called his, quote, real-life experiment and its calamitous impact on vital services. Well, hopefully Sam Brownback will be called forth to testify on behalf of the Donald Trump tax cut that uh, we're going to be debating over the next couple of weeks. Oh, well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, uh, the health care, uh, one more time, let's do it again. Yeah. Didn't do it again. And uh, now this. Well, the interesting thing about that, by the way, is that that's a uh, 
we'll put the, have to put that in the loss column for Trump. Uh, he, of course, promised to repeal and replace Obamacare. It ain't happening. It's not going to happen until after the midterm elections because the Senate parliamentarian made a ruling a couple of weeks ago that said, you have to do this by the fiscal year, the end of the fiscal year. That's the magic 1st of October. They didn't do it. They're out of gas. They're out of time. So they have wisely uh, dropped the issue after a couple of Republican senators said, no, we cannot vote for this hastily haphazard uh, thing that you're calling the health care reform bill. So if there was any good news in the past week, that was it. <laughs> and I'm not suggesting, by the way, that Obamacare doesn't need fixes. But it's been made quite obvious to everybody in America that there are Republicans in the Senate willing to work on fixes, real fixes, where they have hearings, where the normal legislative process works or fails. But at least you have the hearings. And, of course, one of the downfalls of this uh, <clears throat> Trump brag promise to uh, repeal and replace Obamacare was the fact that the CBO said, dude, your numbers don't add up. <laughs> this is voodoo economics again. This is bad accounting. And you are transferring to the states enormous expenses mm -hmm. that are going to be dealt with either with cuts or tax increases, because many, many states, in fact, all states, cannot operate uh, deficits the way the federal government can. We've heard for the last six years complaints about the deficit from the GOP. It's remarkable. Especially its rightmost wing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the Tea Partiers. And yet we've seen, in the last couple of months, Trump proposed massive increases to the Pentagon budget, an overhaul of our nuclear weapons to the tune of $1 trillion while he runs around the globe talking about Little Rocket Man. <laughs> it's hypocrisy at its worst. And that's part of the problem. Little Rocket Man is not going to listen to a guy that says, I want to upgrade the nuclear uh, capability of the United States to the tune of a trillion dollars, but you have to get rid of your nuclear weapons. Oh, and who also tweets over the weekend, uh, oh, my Secretary of State is completely wasting his time. Yeah. Like, no, he's not. That's, Actually, that's... he's trying to make a good faith effort to do what we need to do. That's what statecraft is, where you're talking and, and trying to uh, resolve things. Well, and that's exactly what the Chinese government proposed. Mm -hmm. In other words... You know, contrary to Trump's recent speech before the U.N., and I'm going to switch uh, countries here quickly, um, the Iranian nuclear deal was made by the U.N. Security Council plus Germany. That's how they made the deal. It involved China, Russia, the United States, France, Great Britain, and Germany. So for Trump to threaten to 
and call it the worst deal ever made, which is one phrase he used. The IAEA has asserted that Iran is in compliance. So the other countries, this is not a unilateral deal. This is not one of Trump's infamous trade deals. Oh, by the way, has he actually implemented any trade deals with a single country? No. I've heard nothing but bragging, talking, yammering away, tweeting, bleeding. It's just a hopeless situation. And Trump makes these con- continues to make outrageous commitments. Any coal jobs been created? No. <laughs> it goes on and on. And, uh, it, you know, it was, it was uh, good to hear some of the other countries involved in the Iranian nuclear deal stand up and say, well, as far as we're concerned, the deal is working. Right. And Iran is not building a nuclear weapon. We're destroying some of their uh, unenriched uranium. And by the way, to to make a nuclear weapon, and I'm sure that North Korea has one, uh, you need highly enriched uranium. You need scientific uh, equipment that purifies the uranium to something like 99.2% or something. Uh, I've read some nuclear scientists talking about the failure of the United States to make that distinction in public, that they keep talking about um, enriched uranium when what is required is highly enriched uranium. And that gets back to the fact that Donald Trump doesn't even know how steel is made. You need iron ore of a certain purity, or you can't make it, or you have to recycle it, or whatever. Yet Trump will go on and on about America uh, is going to come back with manufacturing jobs because we're going to give rich people a big tax cut. It's, it's remarkable. And then, of course, what you read the fine print, and they're actually increasing taxes on people that make between zero and nine thousand dollars. And by the way, you're not going to have more money in your pocket, contrary to the pencil heads Pence claims here in the state of Michigan. Most workers have their taxes taken out. Yep. Ahead of time, they have to apply for a refund. It's gobbledygook. What's new? It's snake oil. And uh, it's not surprising. I mean, you know, we, we have article after article about Donald Trump bragging about things that are false. Happening soon. Infrastructure. After, soon. There's a fascinating story about that in, 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 in a recent ad- edition of the New York Times. We have uh, his claim back in July that... <clears throat> He's number one in bills signed, he claimed. Facts? Uh, nope. He's behind Obama, Carter, and other presidents. <laughs> then they did a detail on the bills and a breakdown of it. And uh, fascinating just to, just to actually read the details about the bills themselves that he's bragging about. You know, some of them are... Renaming post offices. Really heavy-duty stuff. Heavy-duty yeah. stuff. <laughs> of course, there are certainly a reversal of uh, Obama regulations, but he's got, you know, five or six veterans' bills, 
uh, bureaucratic tweaks. Uh, One of the bills he signed, just as an example, to show how trivial some of this stuff can be. On January 31st, he signed the GAO Access Oversight Act of 2017, which gives the Government Accounting Accountability Office more power to seek information from the agencies. <laughs> well, I thought they had plenty of power to do that. On May 16th, he had the Modernizing Government Travel Act. Wait a minute. Is that the new Tom Price travel plan? <laughs> we have all these secretaries in the cabinet. <laughs> Manunchkin. We represent the lollipop. Let's gym. go to Fort Knox and watch the sunset, baby. <laughs> watch, have a couple of mint juleps while we, while we take in the Kentucky Derby. Um, you know, this is remarkable. And this isn't just Price, by the way. Of course, he resigned. Uh, obviously, his resignation was connected to the fact that the health care bill was um, expired. I want to know about Pruitt's uh, $25,000 privacy booth. Yeah, he's been taking a lot of... The EPA already has a secure room for the handling and transfer of, uh, you know, eyes-only type documents. Uh, what this privacy booth is really for, I mean, he travels with, I think, 18 armed guards. It's, okay. <laughs> what is he? He sounds paranoid, schizophrenic to me. I mean, ninety-nine percent of Americans wouldn't even know what he looks like. I mean, he's a fairly to get me indistinguishable uh, fella. You know, obviously he's been making his. The controversy with him, by the way, is he's been making an unusual number of trips to the state of Oklahoma, uh, with rumors being that he's running for for governor in twenty eighteen. But yeah, he's uh I don't know. He he's a pretty blase kind of looking dude. I don't know that a lot of people would even know what he looks like. Yeah, well, yeah, I think he wants to keep it that way. Transparency's not his thing. Here it is, the twenty fourth of July. Scott Pruitt, as head of EPA, traveled to his home state, Oklahoma, ten times over three months this year, largely a taxpayer expense. Is he working on any EPA stuff in Oklahoma? Updating any of those earthquake studies uh, related to fracking? I kind of doubt it. Doubtful. Uh, Because he, of course, has been linked uh, pretty much more than anybody in the Trump cabinet with direct links to the uh, corporations and industrialists that he's regulating. It's ridiculous. We've just been given the uh, two-minute warning uh, here by Engineer Andrew. Jesus, I forgot my flag. I was going <laughs> to throw another flag on Donald Trump. So, uh, yes, the city calling will be coming up shortly. We're practically out of time, so there's really not time to get into uh, the passing of uh, Herb Kalmbach. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Which um, is interesting, the timing of it, because it's all about he was a, a lawyer for Nixon and uh, a bag a bag man. man. <laughs> He delivered cash money uh, from an undisclosed donor to uh, the burglars. Uh, He clearly knew it was illegal, but I love this quote. The fact that I have been directed to undertake these actions by the number two and number three men on the White House staff 
made it absolutely incomprehensible to me that my actions in this regard could have been regarded in any way as improper or unethical because they're working for Nixon. How how could it be wrong for right. me to do these criminal acts? Well, we are out of time. 